This is Flyperbole with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. When you play the game of hockey, you fly or you die. There's going to be a lot of Flyer Dunn references to this one. I'm very sorry. So, Craig, I was thinking a fun game for the listeners is you could do the Irishman challenge where you put Martin Scorsese's The Irishman on, on Netflix in the background while you have a fly purpley play and see which one ends first. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's a great challenge. Uh, I, I think we'd end up losing everyone though. Not, not because of my direction of the podcast, but just because apparently we have to, you know, keep a time limit on it. It can't be four hours every week, but I digress. But I think uh, when it comes to this challenge, we're going to it's pretty easy to just take the Irishman. That'd be my opinion. That's true. If it was up to you, it would go four hours every week. You always try to lure me into longer and longer podcasts. But, you know, my whole day job thing keeps interfering with that out there. Yeah, it's a real lame excuse. But if I had my choice, we would our schedules would just be literally the opposite. So instead of just recording for two and a half, three hours each week, I would say we record the other 165 hours or whatever, and then we only take breaks or sleep in those two and a half hours each week. That would be my opinion, but I know that's, you know, apparently out there, and it's not a common uh, common feeling, so whatever. <laughs> have you seen The Irishman no, yet? I have. I actually saw it in a theater, and oh, three and a half hours in a theater is... A good time. That's an experience, <laughs> yeah. We went in, we, we brought breakfast sandwiches and a little coffee and had to spread it out. And made sure to take any bathroom breaks immediately beforehand so that yeah. we wouldn't have to get up. Because there's nothing worse than than being the person who gets up in the middle of a movie and has to walk across like five people. Like, excuse me. <laughs> oh, pardon me. Oh. <laughs> I like to announce that I'm doing it. Each time I do it, I go, well, and then put my hands on my knees and make a big dramatic exit. Like, go in the bathroom again. You guys need anything? Coming through, jerks! <laughs> You good? You guys need a soda? All right, I'll be out there. So I'll I'll ask again when I come back. Anybody, anybody need anything from the concession stand? I'm only making one trip, one trip. I'm up. I mean, you can Venmo me. I'll get it. Just you know, what do you what do you want? What do you want? You want Skittles? You look like a Skittles man. All right, guys. Like I don't I don't know who you are. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to listen to Nero. Just please, just get away. You were scaring me and my family. My my family that love Al Pacino so much. <laughs> Hoo-ah! Hoo-ah! Though, uh, sadly, sadly for the people who love... She's got a great ass! <laughs> it's my favorite one still. There was an episode where he said that about five times, and that was a good one. Now, uh, despite, despite your wishes, and despite the perception that this podcast may have, people may act like this podcast goes on for six or seven hours. And sometimes it feels like it goes on for six or seven hours. It does not. It in fact averages closer to an hour and a half. So if you take, I would say two fly purblies and a flyers forecast, you have the Irishman. Yeah. I, I, I say that's fair. And my goal, honestly, by the end of the year, try to make it one and one, just get down to one and one. 
and then uh, these people can't complain about anything. They're getting all the tangy tent they want, and then we can just move on with our lives. But that- I think if we ever recorded a three-and-a-half-hour flyperbole, that one of us would crack, and it would be me. I would crack <laughs> midway through. Not midway, because I, I can obviously go midway. I can make it to two hours, and then around like 2.20, I would just start to like just get delirious and start to just... You're just you're all uh, you're doing yeah. is telling the listeners that we need a two and a half hour podcast. Now you don't think people want to hear you or hear us when we're apparently quote unquote delusional, and I don't think this is all like just what this is every week. They think this is you know the hype. I just start humming my favorite childhood cartoon themes. <laughs> yeah, we just straight up forget we're talking. We're on a hockey podcast. We just start just moseying in different directions from there, but. I think hockey podcast. Is that what we do? I, technically speaking, ostensibly, I think. But uh, like uh, the kind of podcast where we discuss such things as our, our favorite musician, Philly Joel. Mm hmm. I mean, you remember all those big hits like, uh, you know, that one that your parent always talks about. Yeah. You know, I look only only the only the flies die oh, young. God. Uptown, up, let's see. Hold on. There's Cuptown Girl. Wait, that would be okay. Well, we'll work Cuptown on Girl. <laughs> Cuptown Girl was very popular in the mid '70s, but yeah. not so much since then. <laughs> I guess you would call. I guess Layla Anderson would be Cuptown Girl at the moment because she is in St. Louis and they have a cup. That would be. I. You know, my thing with Billy Joel. I didn't know there was much uh, Billy Joel hate. I didn't know. I saw Bill's strong opinions on Billy Joel, and I saw some people agreeing with him. Uh, I don't really care about Billy Joel. I'll say that. That's the thing. Yeah. Billy Joel, I, I don't find him to be a hateable uh, artist. He's just, he's there. He's, he's Billy Joel. I'll be honest with you. I, Billy Joel. I thought that was a, but see, I thought that was a, I grew up in Maryland thing. I thought Billy Joel was like the cheesesteak Bruce Springsteen, like Billy Joel. I thought that was the triumvirate of things you aren't allowed to dunk on from Philly. Is he not part, is he not up there? I mean, I think he's, he's not up there. No. Okay. Like, All right. But, like, the thing is, Billy Joel has played at the Wells Fargo Center in Citizens Bank Park about, I don't know, 459 times at this point. (laughs) 420, yeah. The thing is, like, Billy Joel's fine, but, like, he's just fine. Like, there's. He's fine. (laughs) I don't want it to be the nickname of Joel Farabee, who is just. I don't. Hot damn his passing. Some of his passing this week was bonkers. I I mean, he had that goal. I think he set up Lawton. If it wasn't Lawton, it was Drew against Columbus. He had that uh, pass us up the Hayes scoring chance. His passing has just been nuts this weekend. He's only going to get better. So I don't want to. I don't want to bog him down with Philly Joel. It just it hurts to say. It's, just no good. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, there's just especially when uh, there's just so many opportunities with Farabee. I mean, we've already gotten some glimpses of it with uh, Goal Farabee, uh, Farabeast. Uh, you know, all these all these nicknames and there, there's a lot oh god not the farabees yeah exactly i was gonna say there's a lot to play with the, the the bees and possibly honey all that kind of shit so i don't want to just we don't need to just single or hone down on philly joel but i, I mean fortunately after the uh, incident last night where uh sign guy got some love it seems like philly joel is probably gonna be the thing that everybody runs with and we're all gonna have to... yeah yeah sign, sign guy is really, you know, he leaned into this and sign guy got a little, I think the NHL Twitter put it out there and everything. So people are going to think it's a thing, but it's not nah. a thing. Let me tell you. Only 80s Joel here, <laughs> by the way. That's the, the main thing I think of. With hey, Joel, man. Of Step Brothers. 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's all I think of too when I think of Billy Joel now too is the the Catalina wine mixer. So I don't yeah, really. And I, I'm sure the sign guy would have a great time at the Catalina wine mixer. I'm actually becoming mildly obsessed with the sign guy. Like, what's his deal? Yeah. What does he do? Why does he do it? Like, sign guy is out there every game with a portfolio of signs that he is just whipping out <laughs> for the opportune moment. And it's like, why? I wonder, I like to, well, didn't you say we had somebody tweeted us that he's never smiled? Yeah, well. It okay, was in yeah, that, did, that thread. For so, where, yeah. Yeah, there was a, a, a super long thread that I kept checking in on <laughs> at work. But it's, it was, uh, it was, I'm pulling up the tweet now. It was Big McLarge Huge who said, what I really want to know is why the sign guy always looks so serious. Like, why so serious, sign guy? No, uh, we've had enough Joker here, but it's <laughs> it is a, it's a good it question. It is a good question. This guy yeah. looks dead serious every time he pulls up the sign. Like, this is what I do. He, I'm the sign guy. He is like in the tail end of every highlight ever. Every huge flyer's goal ever. And I don't think I've seen a smile. That's a really good point. I didn't realize until now. So that makes me, or until it was brought to our attention. So like, I, it makes me think that he, he doesn't like the flyers at all. And apparently he, his salary is to just make these signs. He doesn't know the players' names. He barely knows the numbers. He just knows the last name and the numbers. So when to hold up the signs and then somebody's just paying him an extravagant amount of money to just make these signs 24 seven and just go to the games. And that's it. That he looks you think miserable. this all comes from the top? This is all from the yeah, top. Yeah, it's big sign. Just seeping in the Flyers fans, you know, going the games and everything. That's my opinion. Is he's uh, he he's definitely just in it for the money. He's big sign, big sign <laughs> in association with big Comcast. Yeah, yeah, that's what happened. I, I I'm trying to think of uh, I, I don't even know what like my favorite. I think the most he's made me laugh was back in 2008. Carey Price was pulled for Yaroslav Halak and then somebody held up he held up the sign that says you'll choke too or something. That made me laugh. That was the only thing in the grand scheme of things he's done. So he's held up all these damn signs and also he just doesn't smile. He's just like a weirdo apparently. <laughs> like what what's sign guy's origin? Where does he come from? <laughs> yeah. What kind of job does sign guy have to afford such good seats every year that season is tickets? True, like, yeah. He is right down up front. And also, the goal. yeah, uh, that gives him good money and also gives him enough time to make signs for 18 hours of the day. Because he's also got to sleep and eat. But he's working on this filing cabinet, this accordion folder of just signs to whip out. And he always has them right on cue. I think that's the weirdest part. Like, I think he's just looking at his organization of these signs and somebody's next to him and they just yell out whoever did something good. And then he freaks out and pulls it out. And he's like, oh, oh, shit, this one. <laughs> What kind of a way is this to live and watch hockey? I, I, it, like, it makes I one person myself, happy, apparently. Literally one person. I hate myself enough when I'm at a hockey game and I try to take a picture and I miss a goal because I'm like, got my stupid phone out and I'm trying to take a picture like an idiot. That's <laughs> not even going to look that good. And like, and I miss the, I miss the goal and I feel like a complete asshole about it. But sign guy is like sitting there hand in the accordion folder. Like, okay. Who's on the ice right now? It's it's Voracek, Couturier, and Lindblom. Okay, so I I have the uh, the Blom bomber <laughs> the Blom uh, Blom. sign right here. Blom bomber, great. Of course, it's uh, again oh. like a nickname that's not as good as any other nickname. For... Let's see. 
Or like, do you think like he panics sometimes when he doesn't realize who scored it and he just gets a generic one? Like, there will be a reckoning. Oh, I think I think he does. I he had one uh, yesterday. It was like time to party, and I was like, all right, well, I don't think you know who just scored there. <laughs> Put him up five to one, and I think he pulled it out for uh, other just... Farabies or a JVR school or something. So. He just whips one out that says, good job. <laughs> just no idea what's going on. They always did. Hey, there you go. Yay, hockey. Yeah, I don't. It's a fascinating one day. What we'll the what we'll the dig into I think the we story. need to make a documentary. I think we're going to start the GoFundMe. I the documentary about the sign guy. It's going to win some awards. <laughs> like, prestige picture. What if he what if it's not a gag and like he just doesn't talk and that's how he communicates with people. So like you just follow him throughout his life and he just everyday situations. He's like. You know, he walks into the living room with his wife and he just holds up a sign that's like, we need to talk. And it's like, oh, shit. All right, this guy. Like, that, it's just everywhere he goes. He just, it's signs with him. There's no words, no text, just just signs. Holds one up and says, hamburgers? <laughs> Salad. Oh, God. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's how I'm assuming he lives. So he's never spoken a word. He's just, that's what he does. But... The tragedy of sign guy. Yeah, but I'll tell you what's not a tragedy, Steve. These goddamn flyers. These flyers are. Oh. Yeah, these these this team. Uh, I I said it a couple weeks ago, and then they decided to uh, shit the bed. I'll say it again. I think they're good. I think they're actually good. That's my not official stance. Too shabby. Not too shabby right Can't now. Play? The Philadelphia yeah. Flyers. What what is this? Five in a row. Five wins in a row. Seven games. Uh, seven game point streak. Uh, during this winning streak, outscoring opponents twenty one to eight. Uh, 1980 team, here they come. Oh, baby, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, I was going to share some of those uh, Melter stats about November again. Uh, this is all from Melter on the Flyers website. For the month of November, the Flyers went 10-2-4 and four for uh, 24 points, which was the best record in the NHL. Also, 24 points in November ties a franchise record, which has happened three other times. Uh, I forgot to put them down, but it was 1979, uh, the unbeaten streak, the 35-game unbeaten streak. 1986, uh, Pelly Lemberg died that month, so they probably had the emotional boost. And then 1990, which we don't, we don't need to talk, we don't need to talk about that at all. So they had a pretty good November, helped a little bit by the uh, the shootout games and everything, but still, they they look good. And I mean, the last couple of games they've played really well, and they, I, I mean, we were kind of worried early on, but now as we get more and more games under our belts we can kind of see that this team is for real and they are finding ways to win and i i think they're actually decently good that they're the expectations of what we thought they would be after all the offseason changes coming into the season i don't know if i'm changing long-term expectations yet but i don't know maybe they keep playing well like i think they have some things i I think there are certain aspects of this team that weren't here for the last couple years that make them make them better suited to succeed in the postseason. I mean, mainly most of that is the um, more defensive responsibility of the PK and the, and the goaltending as well. But that's all stuff that we'll, we'll talk about later on the season. But right now, looking good. Uh, everybody's looking pretty good, too. There's really not one major thing I want to complain about with the team at the at the moment, really. <laughs> but uh, Well, looking back, just looking back at the last few games, yeah. you got the Detroit game where they, they took care of business. That was a great sign because we often, hey, sign, in the past few the years, way. especially... Sign guy? What? Oh, never mind. You said sign. I was talking... I was going back to sign guy real quick. Oh, anyway, sorry. You really... I was on a roll. You threw me off with the sign guy. There will <laughs> be a wrecking sign yeah, so that's, he calls house that, right yeah. now. So, 
Yeah, yeah, look what you've done. Just let me finish this <laughs> sentence. Come on, Craig. Come on. Um, okay. No, I'm good. I'm good. Um, so, okay, going back first to the Detroit game, uh, Black Friday game. Historically, at least the past few years, uh, it always feels like the Flyers played down to competition. So that is a game that the Flyers absolutely should kick ass in, and they did kick ass, yeah. and it was it was great. And Detroit sucks. They have a negative fifty six goal differential. They're seven twenty and three. That's right, twenty. And I think going into that Flyers game, they hadn't scored for like three or four games. Uh, that sounds about right. I think they were shot at the game before. Yeah. So they, uh, yeah, like you were saying, not a good team. Flyers should handle them, and they did. Uh, started the game a little bit slow, but then they pretty much blew the doors off in the third period and started to run away with it. And uh, I think. I think the big story of the game was probably Matt Niskanen, right? The Yeah, taking that puck off the face. Yeah, taking the puck off the face on a, a shot in the first period, I think. And then ended up playing pretty well. Played throughout the rest of the game, had two assists. Uh, and again, Matt Niskanen is somebody that he's he's been a lot better than I thought he was going to be this year. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of the trade at the time, not because of Gudis, but more just I thought Niskanen had maybe – maybe started his decline late in his career because he was 32 last year. His underlying numbers weren't great. Uh, and if it was a trade that had happened three years ago, I would have been pretty pumped about, but a couple of question marks about Nissany coming in this year. He's looked pretty damn good. He always makes a really good defensive play when he needed. And he, I mean, he does things like this and everybody in the locker room loves it, but he's, it's been a staple on the blue line. And I think it's part of the reason why the team's doing pretty well right now is because of the better defensive play in their own zone. Well, and also he's just worked so well with Provorov uh-huh. that yeah. they've just made the Flyers have a, a legitimate yeah. starting top defensive pair that you can put in in any situation and rely upon. Yeah, and have a lot of con- yeah, just have a lot of confidence to put them out there in any situation. They really they mesh so well together because uh, yeah, Provorov is really mobile and is able to do a lot of things Niskanen really can't in terms of the transition game, and then Niskanen shows up. Uh, the tandem in the in the D zone. So uh, also that game, Voracek had three assists. So third three point game of the season and 38th of his career. Kind of surprising that he already has three three point games this year. Um, first game with three or more assists since the six to three win over the Devils on March of this season, March 1st, 2019, and his 17th game with three assists or more in his career. So Voracek, by the way, starting to look a little better. I mean, he had that pretty nice goal against Vancouver. I think he's looked better just in general. Uh, and then it was, it was nice for him to have a pretty good big game against uh, the Red Wings on Friday. Yeah, definitely. And then to, to bounce back and win that Montreal game, which was a lot tougher, and you have a back-to-back, and you go afternoon to afternoon. It's kind of tough oh, yeah, and yeah. weird. And you got to travel up beyond the wall to – to Montreal and deal with that. It's, it's tough. It's definitely a tough matchup. And, and that was one where the flyers really had to, to d- overcome a tough start and come back. Yeah. And that's a game you know, last year's team. That showed, that's a game that shows some grittiness. There. Was, grittiness. That's a good word. Yeah. Cause I was going to say, that's the type of win that I don't think last year's team, I don't think the last two wins that the flyers got or wins that last year's team or previous year's teams would have gotten. Because like you said, they, they went down really early on what looked like a pretty, a pretty unlucky goal. Uh, take all, take about a period and a half to get back into it. Lindblom ties it up, uh, and then the Flyers give up the lead to Tatar uh, just a couple seconds after that, and then Hayes responds afterwards. I think 
last year's team, if the Limblom goal is answered immediately, I think that's the, that's the game. I don't think the team rebounds from it, but they've gotten a lot better just answering the bell in those situations and kind of responding, not giving up when they give up a goal or if they have bad stretches where they're getting dominated. Uh, and Saturday was interesting because they gave up 1.54 expected goals or they had 1.54 expected goals for in total in all situations, which was the third lowest total of the season they had. And against the Canadians, you wouldn't really expect that type of game, but they weren't getting any offensive chances uh, in most situations. And they still found a way to stay in it and then ultimately pull it out in overtime. And like you said, it was the second game in a back-to-back. You had Elliott in net, and you had that really shitty start where Armia scored 19 seconds in. They still found a way to stay in it and push through it and then come out on top in the end. So I one could say one could say that life finds a way, but I would say <laughs> I would say fly finds oh, a way because fly is the opposite yeah. of die. Yeah, you're right. That's that's a fair. Yeah. I'm just gonna keep saying fly or die references. This it's been a lot of flying. Episode and, they, they've been yeah. they've been doing a lot of flying. So I think uh, I think it's. Yeah. I do want to talk about speaking of uh, uh, Philly Joel. He had a bunch of he had some pretty good passes that game. Him and Hayes uh, that line with Lawton because uh, I know we wanted some people that want us to talk about Lawton, but Hayes Lawton and uh, Faraby have looked pretty good over the last couple of games. Hayes. He started. He started doing the the puck control thing that he was, he did a lot early in the season that kind of disappeared for a couple of games. I feel like the last two or three games, I recognized a bunch of sequences where he's just shielding the puck from everybody from the D zone to the O zone to create a chance, or he's just carrying the puck around the offensive zone, waiting for something to happen before he centers a pass. And that was something that wasn't there for a couple of games, or not a couple of games, but a good stretch of the season. And I feel like that's back. And Farabee's been working pretty well off of that, and he's just been setting up. He's had some incredible passes uh, so far. Yeah, Hayes didn't start the Flyers, but he's always churning while the world's been turning. <laughs> oh, my <I> God. <laughs> um, no, hey, right, they look good. I, I don't know. I'm, I might be – I can't feel the left side of my body. Uh, anyway. Right. No. We'll see if we can finish this. I, Let's pound this out I real think quick. Those guys have been good, and – I actually have been really impressed, and again, we had another listener request to talk about this, and I I agreed that we should talk about this. Scott Lawton has looked great since he came back from his injury. He has, he's looked really good. It was uh, Laugh at Levi who uh, asked to talk about that. But Scott Lawton has looked great. He scored a couple goals, and he looks like he's developed skills he didn't have before he got hurt. (laughs) Yeah, and... uh... And again, I, I think he's looking pretty well with, he's been looking pretty well with Hayes uh, to go run down his uh, stat line real quick. Missed 13 games with a broken finger that he suffered in that uh, 7-4 win against Columbus uh, back earlier in the season. Come back, he's played six games, has four points, three of which are goals that he's gotten on 10 shots. Uh, he had a goal on Wednesday last week against the, uh, the Blue Jackets. Again, Faraby feed. One goal, one assist against the, the Red Wings, and then also against the Maple Leafs, I believe he hit the post and scored a goal and also had uh, the great penalty kill against uh, in the first period with Hayes, where they pretty much just uh, skated around the Leafs and killed off about 45 seconds of the penalty. So he he's looked really good. And I think the offense has kind of missed that a little bit. I know that sounds weird with Lawton, but I think he is – he's – kind of the ideal player for a third liner like if he's the ninth most touted player in your top nine your, your third line should do pretty well and we see that he works pretty well with 
with Hayes and Farabee here. And he, if he has to be, he can be dropped down to the fourth line, but I still don't think that's going to be a, I don't think that's going to be happening anytime soon, but he's looked, he has looked pretty good this season and he's looked pretty good since he came back from the injury as well. He's just out there flying. And I think, uh, I think AV's kind of aggressive attacking system helps Lawton in that aspect. Same with, uh, same with Tyler Pitlick, honestly, <laughs> Tyler Pitlick. Let's, uh, I, you know, I go back and forth whether I like him, but he, I thought he had a pretty good week this week. He seems to be, he's flying around the ice. He's drawing penalties. Pity. The, the, the liquor of pits is, uh, is slowing down the amount of pits he licks or I don't know. Well, if he's, maybe he's looking, I was going to say, if he's hitting a stride, wouldn't he be power. looking? Yeah. He's <laughs> hashtag pit power. Uh, and I think, uh, so whatever he's doing, if he's looking more or less pits, he should keep doing that. Cause I thought he looked pretty good for what do you want to have a fourth liner? I thought he had, I, I thought he played pretty well. He looked a lot different to me than what was going on earlier in the season, which may have been him just recovering from his off season injury. So yeah, but Lawton, Lawton looking pretty good. Can't really complain about Lawton. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. He'll be the second line center soon. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess we could finish off the rest of this. Uh, I was going to talk about Ralph on Verobia being called up just because of uh, the bottom six aspect. So Michael Raffle suffered a broken pinky against the Maple Leafs last night. He's expected to be out four weeks. And again, this does suck because uh, Lawton just came back and they played a grand total of six games together before uh, one of them is out again. So now there's going to be a body in the bottom six. We really don't want to be there. So whether that be Torinsky, Stewart, or Vorobiev. But right now it looks like it's going to be Vorobiev, which makes sense because he will now center Pitlick and JVR in the fourth line. And uh, he should be up here for a little bit longer than his last call-up. His last call-up was one game. Uh, and he's played six games total this year. He has one assist for the Flyers. Uh, and the, with the Phantoms, he's got 14 points, five goals, nine assists, and 18 games. Um, and Vorobiev, I mean, I, it's kind of hard to really get into – he's played fine this year, but he really hasn't played a lot. And I think, honestly, I think with this injury, I'm interested to see with uh, how AV just kind of been using uh, ghost Myers and hag. I, I want to see if he might throw out more 11 forward seven D lineups like he did against the hurricanes. I think the last time they won in Carolina. So I, and I know he said in the past, he kind of likes running that. So I'll be interested to see if he does that to try and get JVR more shifts with top six guys to get more scoring chances and, you know, get going in that aspect. But uh, Kel Verovia is back up, Steve. And uh, that's, that's, that's the news. I don't really have any strong Verovia opinions at the moment. <laughs> there, there's not many yeah, strong have... Mikey V takes you can have there. <laughs> Mikey V. What do you think Vecchioni's up to right now? Oh God. Uh, I don't know. I think he's hanging the, a picture. I think he's with the blues. That's a hell of a, I mean, well, I guess he's probably home. I guess that's a fair. Yeah. You know, maybe he's eating some blue shaped pretzels. <laughs> <Just a laughs> blue shaped barbecue. I guess that's what they would do in St. Louis. Yeah. They, they, they have a special hog that they have for ribs. That special has hog. just St. Louis <laughs> blues logo shaped Wait, ribs. It's just one hog they keep alive, but just take chunks off of over the years to just make it. Oh, this is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, you want to see the hog? No, I don't want to see the hog. I'll eat some of the hog. I don't want to see it though. I don't want to see what it looks like. <laughs> I don't want to see it. It should. It's a monstrosity. Yeah, it shouldn't. It live. shouldn't. Pete is getting involved. It's a whole thing. But if you want to see it, uh, we'll just eat it. Let's just. It lives in the arch. <laughs> 
that's that's the only thing noteworthy. It's like that, that thing could either live in the arch or it like arch it, it like the Budweiser factory. Arch barbecue Budweiser or it hangs out with John Ham. Those four outside of that or it's at a Cardinals game. Outside of those five things. Yeah. I would like what what is there to do in St. Louis? Not to dunk that, on St. Louis. That's it. Well, actually, we have oh, actually. Man. I believe our listener, our friend Phil, <laughs> listener of the shows from St. Louis. Phil, you tell us what Phil. you do down there. Phil, tell us where the hogs located. <laughs> with the blue shaped ribs. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> what is going on? I don't remember. Uh, I don't know. Uh, so yeah, I, think... I don't know. Didn't the Blues get smoked by the Crosbyless Penguins yeah. tonight? Yeah. Apparently, the whole league. That's fucking. Crosby goes down with an injury. I don't even remember what. I don't even care. He's out for a while, and all the Penguins keep doing is keep winning games and looking fine. And I just don't. I just, I just you know, I just don't get it. I want to go back to talking about the Haffy and Hog because I just don't like. Listen, when you put French fries on top of coleslaw, on top of mustard, on a sandwich, you can't help but win hockey. Are games. we? Is that what we're doing wrong? Like, you know, we're talking no, about pretzels. I, 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 no, you shouldn't. Okay. You shouldn't eat any. <laughs> You're very serious I mean, right there. Yeah, no, don't. Don't don't, don't, a, don't assault your body. Like eat, eat French fries. Don't eat them with coleslaw on a sandwich. Oh, I make it a point to never eat coleslaw. Well. I do, too. Yeah, no, that's true. I don't I don't fuck. No, I, I don't care for it. Yes, I don't care for it. Yeah, it's not for yeah. me. No. Uh, I, let's go back. Uh, I was going to go back to why the Flyers might be playing uh, great. Because we kind of went yeah, through Yeah, let's all the talk. Game. Forget. The city of St. Louis and its, its musical <laughs> note-shaped hogs. And forget the city of Pittsburgh and its disgusting food choices. Let's talk about the city of Philadelphia and its successful hockey team. The best team in the NHL in the month of November. I still can't believe I it. I can't either. I choose not to believe it. It's No, I, I do choose to believe it. It's, it's, it's wonderful. I actually, like, the Flyers, they're looking good. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I was going to – Steve, you're not going to believe this, but I was going to talk about some uh, advanced stats here. But I will explain everything in detail, and it won't be as boring as I think it's going to be. But pretty much Mike Kelly is a guy that writes for this website called The the Point. He used to write for TSN. I think he still might, but and I think The Point might be – it, it doesn't matter. He was on NHL Network. He's a big advanced stats guy. They asked him about the Flyers and pretty much what was going on, and he – summed it up in a pretty good way and it was uh they aren't great at anything in terms of underlying numbers but they're really good in everything and they hang around in games so for the flyers all i mean that sounds a little bit like a slam that they're not great at anything but there's no real weaknesses there's no fatal flaws like once you look at the flyers numbers or anything with their personnel we're like all right so that's what's going to cost them Oh, the Flyers are basically my favorite grade in high school and college. Senior year? A B plus. Oh, wow. Okay. I thought you meant like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, B plus. That's pretty much. No, no, they're not senior year. They're not partying enough for senior yeah. year. Come on. Yeah, this is. No, they're, they're a B plus, which was my specialty. Uh, study just enough to do pretty well, but not, you know, enough to not have fun. Yeah. Or be obnoxious about how well you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the the numbers, though. So they're, they're top 10 and everything. Uh, in terms of uh, the defensive numbers. So there's six in terms of shot attempts allowed uh, per 60, six in terms of unblocked shot attempts per 60, ninth in shots against per 60, and then 14th in expected goals. So the expected goals, they drop a little bit. But everything else, they're one of the better teams in the league and just eliminating shot attempts towards their own net. And these numbers all jumped up from last year. Uh, 
And I think a big part of why they're seeing a lot of less or a lot less chances against Mike Kelly wrote another article a couple of days ago about how uh, it was titled dump ins, the offensive and defensive effects of a trend on the rise. And every team in the league, most of the teams in the league, I think he said 25 of the 31 teams are dumping the puck in at a higher rate than they were last year in previous seasons. And what we're talking about here is, you know, dump it in, get to the blue line or get past the red line, just throw it into a corner and hope you're, one of your teammates is going to be able to get there first so then you can establish uh, the cycle. And pretty much he went on about how the Islanders do it, and that's the whole reason why they're doing really well and how it kind of contradicts the other underlying numbers out there and all this shit, yada, yada, yada. But pretty much the whole idea behind dumping it in rather than carrying the puck in is it limits the number of neutral zone turnovers and the number of odd man rushes against. And in Mike Kelly's article, he talked about the Flyers, and he said the team that has shifted tactics the most is the Philadelphia Flyers, who are dumping in the puck just over 20% more often than they did last season. They've cut their neutral zone turnovers by 14% and are allowing fewer odd man rushes and goals against at 5-on-5. Five five. And then they put a graphic in the article, 2018-19, 47.1 dumping rate, 9.2% neutral zone turnover rate, 4.9 odd man rushes against per 60. This year, 59.9 dumping rate, so like the higher mentioned dumping rate he was talking about, 7.9% neutral zone turnovers rate, so a lot less turnovers in the neutral zone, and then 4.2 odd man rushes against per 60. So a fair amount of odd man rushes against, uh, or fewer odd man rushes against each game. So that alone, that change in tactics is helping limit the amount of high danger chances Hart and Elliott are seeing. So that helps them. And then you add in the fact that AV's system is pretty aggressive in terms of just trying to disrupt uh, opposing teams play up the ice. So it's kind of hard for them to get odd man rushes that way. The team as a whole is just seeing a lot less transition chances going towards their own net. And I think that's played a big role in the Flyers being a pretty good defensive team right now. You know, you change the, those tendencies change uh, the change from trying to carry in the puck. The majority of the time they're just dumping in and make sure you have, Instead of dump and chase, you have, uh, I guess, place and chase. So you kind of are angling the dumps in a way that, <laughs> you know, your teammate can go in and get it. I've just never heard the term angling dumps. So, but goes into the opposite corner and gets it. And you kind of do that to keep the possession. And I, I think that's what's going on with the team. I think it's just subtle th- changes in the system. And then you're adding defensive guys like Niskanen and Braun. And then, you know, you're adding Hart playing a lot of the time. And this team has reduced a lot of the goals against. That's my well, you can just see you can just see the consistency that they play with now. Yeah. And I, we were hearing about this uh, from the beginning of training camp, just how different the practices are run and mm-hmm. the training camp was run compared to the Hackstall years where just the, the intensity is up, the pace is up, and yeah. these guys look better conditioned. They are, look more ready to play 60 minutes. And when I feel like they aren't coming, like they never play a Hackstall game where yeah. it seems like they kind of peak in the middle and then die <laughs> like, <laughs> they finish strong yeah. which is that's huge that's everything yeah honestly the big part right now is they're still having in terms of driving play like the starts aren't always great and Kerr wrote about that and i think charlie wrote about it this week too but the end of the games yeah like you're saying now because they're in better conditioning they're just closing out games and i think like conditioning is just something that you know for a pro athlete you really don't think about because you would think that they're always in top shape and like their coaches are always pushing them and everything. But 
I mean, the, the, you can't you can't really deny what's happening now with this team. Like AV's got them in shape, and they look they're just all over the place, and they look a lot quicker. They've got a quicker first step, and they're actually getting the pucks in the defensive zone. And there's a lot more effort in the D zone. You know, you just last year was there was no no method to keeping teams out of the defensive zone. And then once they were in the D zone, in the D zone, players were just getting tired and they couldn't get it out. And now there's just a lot more in place. Just a lot of coaching changes that have allowed this team to kind of become better defensively. I also, I mean, I think another thing that's playing a huge factor in uh, the winning is the is confidence. And I think that comes from the PK and the goaltending. And I know that is a stretch or a narrative or whatever, but third ranked PK, uh, 85.9% right now, that's a lot better than it's been in years past. And when you look at, I was talking before about the Montreal and Toronto games. I don't think they win those games. If in the Montreal game, you see Ellie gives up that first goal and you're thinking, Oh, it's going to be one of those days. That team probably either packed it in there or after they gave up the, the game to pine gold to Tatar 20 seconds, 27 seconds after they worked back to get the first goal against or in the Toronto game where they have a one, nothing lead the entire game in a pretty close game. Travis Dermott's shot pops up in the air and lands behind Hart, that would have been an absolutely deflating goal for the team last year because your goaltending actually finally came through and you're able to stay in front of a team that you probably shouldn't have been in front of. And then all that happens is Drew regains the lead less than a minute and a half later. And I think all that comes from knowing that you, if you're if they let in one goal, Hart or Elliott this year, or whatever the team philosophy is now, there is no, oh, we're fucked, or, oh, Jesus Christ, it's a goal against. There's usually a quick response of, all right, let's just move forward. And I remember that was a big thing they kept harping on last year with the Islanders and Barry Trotz, and not really, if you are confident in yourself defensively, you know that a goal against isn't going to keep happening and happening. And I think that's what's coming in here, because they know if they do give up a chance, there's a good chance it's going to be saved. And also, if they take a penalty, it's not going to result in a goal against. So, you know, a lot of these games, like the Montreal one, it's tied late. That The team last year, if they take a penalty, like, you're probably playing a little more tense and trying. you're not playing your game because you don't want to take a penalty to put your penalty kill out there and they're 76% success rate or whatever to get scored on. So I think these things allow them to play their system a little more and could kind of speak as to why they're playing really well. Well, yeah, I mean, it's always deflating when you throw your penalty kill out there yeah. and it's basically a done deal that the other it, team's going to score. Yeah, I mean... It was a pleasant surprise last year when they didn't let up a penalty kill goal. Like, yeah. It was like, oh, wow, that actually happened. Holy shit. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it oh, was... Wow. <laughs> but no, you're right. And it's, you know, it was a thing we talked about last year that we were just dropping in casual conversation. Like, yeah, we know the PK is going to up a goal a game. And like now... That's an insane thing. That's an um, insane mentality to go into a game thinking or having confidence in you're going to come away with a win. Just knowing that, all right, we're going to give a power play goal against, and also we got to hope Elliot doesn't fall apart this game, and or or Norworth or you know Pickard or whoever the hell you want to pick from last year. So that would be my narrative based guess as to why they're doing better. My actual guess is the uh, the change to the dump and chase or dump place, and then also kind of limiting the amount of shot attempts against, but. Whatever they're doing defensively, I, it's paying off. And I think uh, it's nice when the biggest concern of the team are guys that you don't need to be scoring aren't scoring as much as they should. <laughs> so like JVR and Ghost and guys like that. Uh, although they all scored this week. So can't even really be upset with that, I guess. It's just Yeah, but I mean, I, I pointed this out, I think, earlier this year. But I think also a big factor, and this is something that 
I think Hextall was relying on when he was the GM to to have the team move forward was having some of those younger players step yeah. up and and really I, I think play more consistent and better hockey. And the two guys you're really seeing that from who have made a huge difference this year are Konechny and Lindblom. Konechny yeah, and yeah. Lindblom are just they're they've been fantastic. They've been key players, they've been key offensive cogs on this team. And they're one of the biggest reasons for the success. They're both playing fantastic. Yeah. And I mean, the, yeah, they really are. And they kind of, connecting went nine games without a goal. Did anybody notice? Like, was there a dip in his play or his lack of production? I, I, right. I actually was shocked yeah, when he, they said it had been that long. He, he was like, oh, still, okay. yeah, exactly. He was still in the top six generating chances left and right. And, that's it shows you that he's doing a lot offensive. If you can notice that he almost went that long without finding the back of the net, and then the play that they scored on the the passing between Ravel Drew and Konechny, I mean that's stuff we didn't really see last year either. But it was two passes across the slot, and then Konechny's shot was the pa- the puck was moving left, and then he shot it right corner. So Keith Kincaid was moving the other way. It was the old Eddie O, you know, skate left, shoot right. So and. Those types of plays just weren't happening last year for the Flyers. The multi-pass sequences in the zone to get defenders to stand still to create like passing lanes, all this shit, all the offensive zone structure was just perimeter around the boards, get it back to the point, crash the net, and then we're wondering why guys like Gudis were always shooting and all this stuff. And it's like, well, maybe the system kind of fucking sucked. I mean, Gudis loves to shoot too, but like, I, I don't. All these players are just reaching or. or we're getting more out of them now too. And like you were saying, connecting Limblom are just, uh, yeah, I mean, they're killing it so far. And Limblom too had a goal on, um, on Saturday as well. So he's at, he's already at 11. I think he's going to get 25 this year. That would be my guess. I think my ballsy pick was like 30 in the off season, which I, I'll stay, I'll stay by that. I mean, it's still a, chance, it's still a pretty good chance. I, he slowed down a little, but, but he's still, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the thing is, though, those guys have stepped up, yeah. and you can tell Provorov's back on track. Yeah. And, I mean, the main guys, I would say, young guy-wise, that you haven't seen a step forward that you really wanted to see so far. Uh, Gostaspare has yeah. kind of taken a step back, as we all know. Although, last couple games, looking uh, pretty fiery after that benching, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, Phil Myers, Phil Myers, I think, has had some up and down as a young player will have, but uh, he's been good for oh, the most yeah. part. Oh, yeah. Last night, yeah. <laughs> I got to say, I think the the big disappointment as far as young players stepping up and playing an increased role is Travis Sanheim. I mean, I barely even noticed the guy out there. Uh, I mean, he's doing fine. I'm not saying yeah. he's, I'm not saying he's playing bad, but uh, in terms I, of like, yeah, I, I, see where I, I think from. we were, I think we were expecting Travis Sanheim to be a, a more noticeable dynamo of a player. And he's just kind of been there. Yeah. I think that's, uh, that's fair. Like he's played, he's played well, but I, I wouldn't say he's a particularly noticeable member of the fight he's he's not grabbing your attention as much as some of the other young players like Provorov, you can tell is definitely he's hitting a stride he's stepping up this year we know ghost is collectively having a pretty you know poor season and uh but then film like we i agree with you sanheim has not been as dynamic or as great as i guess we were kind of labeling labeling him last year like there's a lot of stuff about how Provorov could be you know taken over Sanheim would take over as like the number one defender. I don't think a lot of people would be saying that at the moment, but uh, he he's been solid. I mean, him and Braun together are a pretty good 
defensive tandem. Uh, so he may not get as many uh, chances. And also, unfortunately, the reasons why we do remember Sanheim so far this season are sometimes he just wants to fucking fall over. You know, like he just loves he'll just be skating and he's like, you know what? Snow Angel. And then he'll just throw it down. And that's that's what happens. But he's he's been fine. He's been OK. I, I mean, I was going to talk more about uh yeah, like you're saying, Ghost. I thought Ghost looked a lot better, uh, especially last night. And I think playing with, I think playing with Myers helped him. That's not saying that, you know, Hag was the reason why he wasn't performing as well before. But I think last night he just he looked more confident on the blue line, and he had he had a really bad turnover in the second. I re- I I recognize, but besides that, there were a couple shifts where they were just running the offense through him and he was getting those big booming slap shots off. And then he was cleanly making those moves at the blue line and then making another move on top of it. Like he was doing things that we haven't seen from ghost in a while. So hopefully again, keep going in the right direction and then he'll eventually, hopefully he'll just eventually break out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, you saw that big slapper. Yeah. That yeah. Movie. That was a big fuck you slap shot. I like that. That was a big fuck you slap shot. And it was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. Like the flyers already secured that game. We all, we knew that game was in hand and that was like a shot across the bow. That was like, Oh, Oh, <laughs> yeah. hello. But the but thing with ghost too is like, again, I'm fine with ghost right now because he is, he's on the third pair. So, and ideally he's going to be on the third pair when he's playing his game. So whenever he finds it again, he's going to be in a role where if he does have defensive gaffes, they're not going to be often or as hurtful to the team because he's probably going to be getting less, you know, responsible minutes and sheltered and everything. But yeah, yeah. And I, I guess the reason I, I mentioned Sanheim though, was because he's a young. Like, yeah. Ghost, Ghost is kind of a, a vet. At yeah, he's a little right? He's yeah. been in the league long enough that you could call him a vet. But Sanheim. He's 26, but like he's kind of just, he's right in the middle. Yeah. Um, Sanheim's a young player. He's only a couple years in, and I, I would consider him Myers, Konechny, Lindblom, Nolan Patrick. Yeah. Whenever we see him again, poor guy. Uh, uh yeah. you know those kind of guys. I'm considering the the like young players stepping right. It up. Right. Right. No, I, I hear you. Yeah, and that's a that's a fair point. I mean, I'm trying to think of Konechny might be a year away from from being out of that group. Like after this uh, year, yeah. I might not consider him part of that group. Yeah, that's fair. Um. I mean, yeah, Sanheim just really hasn't had those. Well, he had a pretty good goal. Uh, he had a pretty good goal against Maple Leafs in the game I was at. But like, besides, besides that one play, he uh, he's had a fine season, just not exciting, I guess. Yeah, and, Him and, and that's kind of I think what you want out of a defense yeah, for the most part yeah. is is fine, not necessarily. But I think I think there is a certain expectation with the Travis Sanheim where you're expecting a little more exciting. Because he is capable of that, because he is yeah. so offensively talented. But, I mean, hey, if he's not making stupid mistakes, that's absolutely fine with me. Yeah. Uh, some of the best defensemen are the best are defensemen you never notice. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, he, he is having one of the seasons where it's probably, the less we talk about him, it probably just means he's playing pretty well. Because, I mean, I'm trying to think of, because it was him and, it's him and Braun now, and they're also together to start the season, and they had been, all their underlying numbers are fine. Like when they were on the ice, the Flyers were spending most of their time in the other end of the ice. And then him and Myers together were a pretty good tandem for a little bit of time. That's back when Myers was scoring all the goals. He had like a three goals in three games or whatever. They were together then and they looked pretty damn good. And uh, so it's a thing where, you know, he'll, he'll probably, he'll, he'll splice it up soon. It might be also the system now. He's new to the system. And he doesn't want to take too many chances uh, 
getting out of uh, getting out of place and everything. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. I again not criticizing. Right, yeah, I was yeah. just saying like I think maybe my expectations versus what has happened. Maybe I need to to kind of change my my expectations for that. And uh, you know, so far he's had uh, two goals, six assists, eight points. So pretty good. You know, pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, I was going to talk about. Uh, I was going to bring up some other stats for the defenseman real quick because with uh, Ghost had two points against the Leafs, his second multi-point game this season. Uh, he also had one goal, and one assist against the Blue Jackets, and that seven-four win over the Blue Jackets, uh, and forty-third career multi-point game. He's now also seventh all-time on the Flyers D-man scoring list. Uh, he passed Bob Daly for sole possession of seventh. And up next is Joe Watson. Uh, he's sixth with 198. So once uh, once goes gets three more, he will be in sole possession of sixth all time. And then Myers, I just want to talk about Myers' assist from last night. Myers had uh, three assists in the game. Uh, now has nine nine points in 15 games this year. Uh, and his assist to spring the Konechny goal and the assist to spring the, uh, the JVR goal were both insane. I know everybody... The one that spring the JVR goal was nuts, and I haven't seen. I mean, it was it was reminiscent of that Eric Carlson the Mike Hoffman goal a couple of years ago in the playoffs, which was bonkers. A little, yeah, obviously a little different time and place, and also the Leafs looks like the Leafs checked out when it was three to one, but it was still to pull that off in a in a game is is pretty insane. But the well, and the, just the hands on Phil yeah, Myers, man, yeah. they they are something else, and uh, he. I've seen games where he can be very good defensively too and stick with guys that skating ability yeah. is so good. I think Phil Myers is one of the highest upsides of anybody on the Flyers defense right now. Oh yeah. And I love watching him. Yeah, I think his all around game. He's yeah, definitely gives him the highest upside out of some of the defenders. Uh and I think he had I thought he struggled a little bit defensively against the the Canadians, not overall. There are just some sequences where I thought he, he misplayed it. But overall, yeah, I mean, he can handle his own in the defensive zone, whether or not that comes to chasing down a puck, clearing the crease, and then he also just creates offensively. There's really, again, there's not too much to hate about hate about his game. And if he's going to be adding these stretch passes to his arsenal, uh, sure, bring it on. <laughs> there's, I'm all about it. So I think I am interested to see more Ghost and Myers together. Because, again, I'm pro getting Ghost going, and I think Myers is a better option for him than, than Hag. Because I think, just in theory, I mean, Ghost and Hag, if they're both at the point and Ghost has the puck, there's probably not too many people that are going to worry about Hag going off and doing something on the other side of the ice. So I think having Myers out there kind of another option for to open up space for Ghost. But that's all a, in theory, I don't actually know if that's how it's going to shake out. I mean, that sounds like it would work, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that is, that's it. Let's wrap it up. That's the whole show. That's right it. There. That's the whole show. I, <laughs> no. you know, Craig. What's, uh, yeah. I mean, we'll, yeah, a little BTS. Uh, yeah. Wouldn't mind that at this uh. point, but holy shit. Uh, there are some, well, I mean, we have, we have to talk about Patrick. And then we got the funny stories in around the league. Yeah. Show must go on. Uh, <laughs> just, just call out tomorrow, bro. Just call out. Who cares? You know? I would love to, but guess what? It's now on the record that no, we're talking about. Yeah, oh, so, you know. yeah, go. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm screwed. My <laughs> bad about that. Uh, but let's talk about Nolan Patrick real quick because we actually did. I mean, we got an update, but it's more of, I guess, what we already know. And it's pretty much, I, I think Nolan Patrick just said this 
to let everybody know, like, yeah, I don't fucking know either. And I feel bad for him. But uh, according to Kimmelman's article from Tuesday, a couple quotes from Patrick, I said, quote, it's obviously frustrating when it's not an injury. We're going to be back in six weeks. There's no timeline to it. Obviously, I'm hoping to get back soon. And, I'm, and I believe I'll play this year. That's something I'm trying to stick with. Uh, he also went on to say, obviously, the strength coaches and the training staff try to put together a program for me. Like I said before, at the end of the day, it's how I'm feeling that day. If I'm not feeling great, we'll just pump the brakes a little bit. It's just trying to put together more good days in a row than bad. He also went on to say, I'm not going to get into too much detail, but there's obviously a lot of things that I've had to change. Obviously, it's an annoying process. And also, Kimmelman adds that uh, Tuesday was the fifth day in the la- out of the, the past six days that Patrick had skated. So those are all the updates. Pretty much the... I mean, what we already knew that it's just kind of like a touch and go thing. There's really no timeline. Uh, And Patrick thinks he'll play this year, but that's also, I mean, I really wanted to put that timeline on him. The the head injuries like this, I mean, the the migraine disorder or migraine syndrome is, I would imagine there's no rhyme or reason to it. And it's going to be a while before everything's straightened out and he's actually able to get back out on the ice. And, I mean, it's it sounds terrible. I I just yeah. I feel awful for him because we we do know Nolan Patrick is uh, a really talented guy, and I just everybody wants to see what he can do. They want to see him put together a full consistent season. Yeah. And the thing is, with something like migraine disorder, you just want to see him come out of it healthy at this point. And it's not something you want to mess around with, especially given the NHL and potential head issues, you know, yeah, it's yeah. just, it's, it's a bad combination. So you, you want him to be healthy. You want him to be able to put it all together. And I know he's frustrated. And I know there's definitely a portion of the fan base who's frustrated with how his career's played out, but man, it just, it just kind of, it just sucks. Yeah. And I think, it, I think the thing that also, I mean, the, going through all this sucks as is, but the fact that the team is finally like, it looks like they're finally getting their shit together and it looks like there would be a pretty clear spot for him in the top nine and you know if he comes back it would definitely be beneficial to the team i know that's weighing on him to some degree and also just the fact that you know there are also going to be idiots out there that once a team if this team starts continues to play well for months then it's just going to be trade patrick because you know why not because they're doing well without him. Why would you need to add him? And then if he comes back and they hit a three-game snag, you know, he's going to be dealing with these migraine issues all year. He comes back and three plays three games, and they're like, all right, let's sit him for the rest of the year. So, like, he's just – I he's it sucks for him. It really does. And it sucks that he's not on this team, like, right now, because if they had him, I think they'd be even scarier, and the depth would be even – I mean, it obviously would be even deeper. So, I – with this, it's always been a thing where we're looking for information and this is the most they can give us. And it's a thing where, like we were saying, there's probably not there's probably not much more that we can guess. It's all just based on how he's feeling that day. And that's a really tough thing to kind of calculate when you're coming back from it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure the Flyers have the best doctors they can the best on doctor. this and the best, the very best. No, um <laughs> I'm sure they have the best doctors they can they can get on this, and it's man, it just sucks. No, yeah, it really does. I was gonna say actually, speaking of doctors, because this could lead us to another story I wanted to talk about in our um, 
Dr. Couture has something to say. Yeah, we could go back to that. I was going to say, did you see the Ian Mendez story about the Tyler Ennis's? I did not. So Tyler Ennis is with the Senators right now, uh, but the whole thing happened uh, last season. No, I don't know if he's – it doesn't matter where he is right now. What happened was last year he got an ankle injury, got an x-ray and everything, went in there. Uh, he got his record. They messed up his x-rays and gave him the diagnosis that Tyler Ennis, the basketball player who played at Syracuse and I believe is playing overseas now, uh, who ended up having a season-ending – like ankle injury and it was a huge deal they told ennis at first that that's what he suffered and he was going to be out long term and then tyler ennis the hockey player was pretty much like mm, i don't think that's what happened and then the doctor went back and he's like oh yeah not this tyler ennis you're the hockey player tyler ennis not the <laughs> so just what that story tells that me that sounds wrong yeah so it's nice to know that you know i always thought i could never be a doctor but turns out you know, maybe I could. This feels like a pretty dumb thing to happen. You know, I get they're the same, you know, the same name and everything, but I, I, that feels like something I would do. I'm not a doctor, but I'd like to get paid doctor money. So I'm just going to get into the business of mix, missing up x-rays. That's what I'm going to do. And then hope. And it looks like it looks like Tyler Ennis uh, NBA is currently playing on the Raptors G League team, their minor league Yeah, team. that sounds about right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so you're equating doctor now with weatherman, where weatherman, where uh, any basically people say like, oh, all you got to do is lie and show yeah, up. Yeah, pretty and much. That's good enough. Yeah, that's what I'm. I like to picture that AT and T commercial where the doctor walks in, and he's like, "You nervous?" And the patient's like, "Yeah." And the doctor's like, "Yeah, I am too." We'll, we'll see what happens out there. Like that's how I picture. Oh. Yeah, that's. Yeah, you. that's how I picture. That's why I would want to be if I'm a doctor. When I'm a doctor, I should say when I'm a doctor, because I mean, oh, because you've been in medical school for for a while. I mean, I'll I'll tell you this much: I've never been to medical school. I think I could pick out the right X-ray. That's all I'm saying. I'll leave it there. Doctors in the all, Jake, if you're listening, Jake at the website, (laughs) call out Jake for no reason. (laughs) And then the other story: Uh, Mark Borvievsky. I always hate saying that fucking name. Surprise! But uh, yesterday, two days ago now. took part in taking down uh the robber is it borowicki borowicki no it's borowicki i i know i did i whenever i see it i want to there's no s i know there's there's a lot of letters that are there it's it's like it's it's bufflin jr is what the how do names work yeah who knows (laughs) you're asking for you to ask that on this podcast we're never gonna get to the bottom (laughs) i do have a better record than you (laughs) no you absolutely do mine is terrible but i fuck everybody so uh borvievsky pretty much saw uh saw somebody trying to break into a car ran across the street and essentially tackled them until police showed up so the account of the story was uh, quote, Borowiecki said he saw the guy across the street, walked up to the car, watched him break into the car window, uh, and then he pretty much started yelling at him, crossed the street to confront the robber. Robber was on a bike, tried to speed away. Borowiecki hooked arms with him and took him to the ground and oh. recovered the backpack he was trying to steal, which had like, pa- uh, it says in the article, it had passports, among other things inside. Jeez. Yeah, so apparently, yeah, Borowiecki, terrible on the ice good guy on the streets and was just able to take this down uh ken hitchcock jr over ken here. hitchcock jr yeah that's what you're that's what you're saying earlier yeah yeah because the, there was a story a few years back i think it was like nine or ten years ago where ken hitchcock stopped a shoplifter yeah in i think canada and it's it's it, when you think about ken hitchcock and you think about him like chasing people and stopping people especially at 
the weight I think he was at at that point. It seems a little. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's I mean, an image. He, yeah, he was a large man. He was a large man. Not that you know, we're not we're not weight shaming. Oh, here, but yeah. he was a large man. That's all we're gonna say. Uh, I'm not really and uh, it's it's a visual where he is just because I think he like he like grabbed the guy or something that was trying to shoplift yeah. and no, it's, yeah. yeah, it's just funny to envision uh, Ken Hitchcock running us all. But I mean, he yeah. did his job too. They took somebody out, so I mean, good for. Uh, I I'll be honest with you that I, I don't know what my mind would jump to if I saw that going on. To have the instinct to just go over there and tackle somebody is pretty nuts. I feel like I feel like I would. Uh, I don't know if I would get involved with that. Depends. Yeah, like I might yell. I might go like, "Hey, yeah, knock that off." <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely not tackling them. Hey. What Stop if it. I w- what if we as a society get to a point where that's enough to just fend off petty crime? Like somebody's about to break a car window and we're like, hey, hey, come on now. And they're like, hey. you know what? No, nah, you're right. I'm sorry. Uh, is this a I'll get a job application here? You're right. And then just, knock it off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Stop you jerk off. They were calling him uh, Borrow Cop. Borrow Cop. That would be his nickname, I guess. But uh, if oh, I feel it's like almost catching. <laughs> it's almost it's better than Philly Joel. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'd take Borough Cop over uh if, over Philly Joel. I would say uh the what the, about Robo B? The um the old choice for which flyer would have done this. I I don't think I would have. It would have been Gudis, right? It would have been Gudis. Yes. Yeah. Uh, now, I mean Chris Stewart. I would guess he's because he would actually probably beat the crap out of the robber. Oh yeah, that'd Chris be a good one. On yeah, team. I think that would uh, him, Braun, Brian much, Elliott. Bra- oh, Brian Elliott, yeah, and that, yeah, and then probably Drew now because Drew's got that. Uh, well, he's got the dad strength, so he could probably form tackle anybody or body slam That's them. True. Yeah, he's probably That's also true. he's been playing with for the Flyers forever, so he's like, all right, fuck everybody, I and mean, he's just <laughs> whenever there's a chance to pummel somebody, he's like, all right, this is it. <laughs> so, I still think it's. I still think it's Brian Elliott, man. It's I can see Brian, Brian Elliott, Elliott doing that. There be like, hey, knock it off. <laughs> what if I got, I hope just next week we hear about some story about some guy at a Kmart getting suplexed by Brian Elliott because he's just, he was trying to steal a book bag or something. I'm waiting for it. It's going to happen now. Oh, any day now. <laughs> any, any day. day now. Now. What if it's, what if it's three French bulldogs Ooh. and a Shane Gosta spare Jersey? I don't know, it's going to be a complicated legal process because I don't know if he would. Uh, he might be falsely accused, but it just turns out to be three dogs. I don't know how you go about that. It's three. It's just three dogs. Would the dogs get jail time, or like they just don't get like? Oh no, you don't give cute dogs. Jail time. <laughs> you don't get that. It's America. That's in, the, that's in the writing. You can't give cute dogs. It depends on how cute the dog is. Subjected to the judge. It's in the Constitution. <laughs> Life, liberty, <laughs> and the pursuit, pursuit of an adorable of dog. Cute dogs doing whatever they Just want. Just the cutest dogs you can imagine. That's what's written in the Constitution. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, Jefferson was just like, and all the exceptions made for cute dogs. <laughs> and and Constitution. That's the last sentence of the Constitution. Wrap it up. Uh, okay. Good night and good hockey. <laughs> good, good night and good presidenting. Uh, I guess governing. <laughs> Governing could work. Good night and good governing. Uh, I will speaking of hockey again, uh, and we usually have the recurring uh, loved uh, new segment of why the why the Penguins suck, and they're being real assholes about that segment, so they keep winning games. So we're gonna change it this week to why the Devils suck. And Steve, oh my God, oh, wow. let's talk about. Let's just talk about. Let's talk about why the Devils suck. Oh, let's uh, talk Marty about Marty Brodeur's Thanksgiving habits oh, I and Scott Stevens being. <laughs> 
a war criminal that should be placed in prison forever. I just want everybody to know I'm laying down just laughing, thinking about all the preseason predictions. Oh, this is the year the devil started another dynasty. Oh my god, Mackenzie Blackwood gonna tear it up. No goals against this year. Wayne Jack Hughes <laughs> is just gonna he's gonna be rookie of the year. He's going to be MVP. He's going to do it all. Nikita Gusev, the new Artemi Panarin. It's all, and I'll tell you what, so far, in my opinion, the plan's coming together because John Hines has been fired uh, 9-13-4 and four this season is when he got uh, is when he got the axe. He finished with a record of 150, 159, and 45 over four seasons with the Devils. Uh I mean, just wasn't that great of a coach. Uh, and I know despite uh, Wyshynski's uh, approval tweet saying that they were on a 91-point pace as of a couple days ago to close out the season, which is uh, not great, but I apparently thought it was, uh, it seems like uh, Hines wasn't doing that great. And it seems like he got canned. I forgot to write down who's replacing him, uh, but it's definitely a coach, and he'll probably do better than John Hines there. The more important thing. How about this warm body that is replacing John Hines? I, I think there's only one reaction to this, Craig. One reaction. Oh, baby. Ooh, get a soundboard involved. I like it. Was <laughs> <laughs> not expecting that. All right, I'll, that's a good time to whip that out. Okay. Uh, well, I think you should do it for this one too. Taylor Hall, apparently, uh, according to Pierre LeBron, might be traded. Decent chance he's going to be traded. And uh, according to LeBron in a series of tweets from Saturday, quote, hearing that the Devils have started to listen from teams. Oh, did you put the thing in there? <laughs> hearing, hearing that the Devils have started to listen from teams. Uh, Taylor Hall doesn't mean they will for sure trade him, but given their place in the standings and the magnitude magnitude of a potential deal, GM ratio is now in listening mode. If and when he's dealt, <laughs> I would expect the deal to have uh, a conditional nature. It is so that if he resigns with the new club, there will be additional assets. Either way, this isn't necessarily a deal. If it happens, that must wait until the February 24th deadline. So it sounds like... Oh, 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 we went from, of course he's going to sign an extension to the mm -hmm. Devils. Look at that future to, yeah, that's a hard pass, guys. Yeah, I'll tell you what. It's a rough week to be one of the 36 Devils fans out there because this is, you're losing your coach. You're going to lose the only reason why your team was even talked about for the last two years. It's going to be horrible. But at least you have Jack Hughes and... um. The 36 you know? Devils fans just it made me chuckle because I thought of, you remember how Puck Daddy used to do like the, the funerals? For oh the, yeah, the eulogies or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the eulogies, yeah. I, I One of my favorite ones was one that uh, Fran uh, Flyerstuff scored by. <laughs> Fran, I was going to say, Fran had the best. Fran had the best one where it was the Devils one where it was like uh, talking about how they all assembled in a parking lot like every Devils fan and... <laughs> Like Marty Rodor came like pfft, farting up or something. Like it was just yeah. I think my favorite one was he the year the Penguins won. He wrote the eulogy for when they won in '09, and he he just had a bunch of Tyler Kennedy slams in there, like something about swine flu and something else. It was it's just just oh Tyler Kennedy, my favorite Twilight oh Zone episode. <laughs> he just yeah, Fran's got to get back and then just dunking on other teams. That's all I should write. It's just. 
just eulogy. Each time the Flyers play a new team, just write a eulogy for that team. It'll be like absolutely, yeah, like that, or like the uh, or like the dead dead spin RIPD. Uh, their uh, why your team sucks before each NFL yeah. season. That's all he has to do. <laughs> like that, yeah. I'm all about it. I'm all about it. I uh, by the way, Jack Hughes. Uh, how do you think he's doing so far this year? Do you have the oh, stats? Oh fuck! I know? actually, I don't know because I have it in front of yeah, me. Yeah, lay it on me. Well, okay, so he's got four goals, seven assists, eleven points in twenty-four games. Okay. I mean, like, see, he. This is part of the. I rhythm. think it, I, I think those are actually fine numbers for a rookie. Yeah, it's but, just I think a rookie with his expectations, it's like, really, bud. Yeah. Well, I think that was the thing is you know. He was he was going to be a rookie. It didn't matter how well he was playing. He was covered as an eight-year-old rookie. So his point production was going to drop a little. But some people were like, no, he's not going to miss a beat. And he's going to lead the offense. And it was like, all right, why don't we see what happens first? And then the other big thing I kept hearing about was Nikita Gusev. I'm not even quite sure how he's doing point-wise. But I know he's not. I don't think he's tearing up the league. There you go, Jeff Mullen. There. This is... That's how he's doing. <laughs> That's how he's doing. <laughs> I haven't had a good sad trombone in a while, so I'm, I'm glad I got that out of my system. Oh, you, it's been a while. You, you got a you got a bunch out of your system there. <laughs> That's a... It's all worth it for the Devils. Why the Devils suck? It doesn't necessarily have to be the Penguins. Ever we could change it to the Rangers. We could change it to the Devils. I think it's just stay in the division. Yeah, I was gonna say unfortunately because uh, this is business. We can't really keep it the Penguins because again, I don't know what the hell Mike Sullivan does in that locker room, but he gets the most out of that Penguins team. They got some dude named Sam Lafferty up there scoring goals from, and they're, they're still Sam Lafferty. Sam Lafferty, uh, yeah, and I mean, he sounds like a popular character. <laughs> and Stefan Nosen, who signed literally signed with them yesterday, scored a goal with them to, for them tonight against the defending Stanley Cup champions. There's just nothing. I don't even know what could happen to that team to derail them now because Crosby has been out. He's just been missing games. Uh, I, and Doomland's out for a while now too. Latang was out for a while. It doesn't matter. Like they just. And the thing is, they're still scoring. It's not like yeah, they're. That's... It's not like they're winning like tight defensive battles. Like they're still putting up a ton of goals. Like they've scored. They've scored ninety six goals in the season. Oh, geez, yeah. So through. I don't want to talk about the round. Like I don't want to talk about the. By the way, yeah. so okay, I'm looking. I'm looking at the the goal differentials and everything right here. So. The Penguins have 96 goals. The Flyers have 91 goals. The Capitals have 109 goals. The Islanders, 77. Yeah, uh, it's they're so annoyingly defensive. <laughs> they have only allowed 63 goals on the season. I'm, yeah, and I'm telling you, it goes back that article I was talking about with Mike Kelly, the the one talking about dumpins against uh you know, zone entries. Everybody should go read it because half the article is just pretty much like, hey, why the hell are the Islanders winning? And then this article just lays out it's pretty much because everybody buys into the dump and chase and they work on angling in the dumps right so then they don't have any neutral zone turnovers. They get the puck in deep. They grind it down offensively. And then they just don't have – the other team doesn't have chances coming back. It's the most – they don't have any offense or any rush chances. It's all just – chances inside the zone and if you take away backdoor chances or like cross ice passes it's a little harder than you'd think to score in the offensive zone so that's they're just a fucking annoying team to play and i would be more confident how far the flyers would go if it wasn't them or the caps the flyers would probably have to play in the first round that's the thing that i'm kind of hung up on like i want to get more excited about the flyers i hate the playoff format yeah it's really annoying you need to lay it out there again it's horrible Every year we have to face the same damn teams. It's garbage. Get rid of it. Throw it in the trash. Light it on fire. Shoot it into space. Nuke it. Oh, baby. Uh, 
one more one more devil's dunk okay oh yeah so devils nine fourteen and four for they're uh they have 69 goals for oh 101 goals against for a negative 32 goal differential (laughs) so the red wings the red wings are still the brown standard at uh negative 54 and that of course is the brown standard for shit the color of uh shit there (laughs) and the devils you know the negative 32 it's you know know it's not quite the shittiest but it's pretty shitty. They're the Browns. The Red Wings are like the 2016 Browns or whatever team that just recently went winless. The, the Red Wings are a new level. I like that I wasn't even going for Browns. I was literally going for the color of shit. <laughs> Browns, and I appreciate that because, you know, they're the Cleveland Browns. Or shit from 2016. Whatever you want to organize this by. Either way you look at it, 2016 Browns is not really a good situation to be compared to. That would be my stance on that. I think that I'm still, I'm still pulling for the Red Wings to go minus 164. That's my goal this season. I want to see the Flyers make the playoffs and win around, and then I want to see the Red Wings give up all the fucking goals, like all of them. Flyers did their part on Friday, give them a good old minus five. But all right. So, Craig, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this one, but can we have a very brief taking it to the beats on Slam and Sammy C? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I forgot to ask you that. So, Steve, I, I don't. You know, it's getting late. I'd like to get to bed before. Uh, the end of 2019. Yeah, but... it's, it's up in the air. But I did... No, you're right. We should have mentioned this when we were talking about the games, but I did want to ask you, because uh, I actually I ended up missing the game on Tuesday night. So I am uh, one of the people that Sam was referring to here. And uh, I got... We were uh, pointed this out by uh, Drewski, a friend of the show, uh, brought this to our attention. But Sam put out a tweet earlier today asking, quote, Flyers had their lowest home attendance of the season last night, Tuesday against the Leafs. You are not attending their games because, and you had to pick one of these four options. Now, Steve, which one of these four options are you feeling? Because uh, I'm not quite sure I'm leaning yet. Was it the your options are? Oh, you're going to read them. Okay. Oh, I was going to say uh, cost of tickets, Kate Smith controversy, doing Christmas shopping, or the team's past struggles. So obviously, those are probably the four most likely. There's definitely no underlying tones with one of those options. But why weren't you? Why weren't you there last night, Steve? Oh, I wasn't there because, I, you know, I'm going to have no comment on why I wasn't there because I almost bought tickets because they were dirt cheap. <laughs> um, I I came very close to buying them. Uh, but, you know, for the, the sake of uh, science here, I'm going to say the team's past struggles. I just don't trust them to win games. <laughs> that would be. So, okay, I, honestly, I think cost of tickets and team's past struggles are completely valid reasons to not go to a Tuesday night hockey game when it's very cold outside. That would be my guess as well. Uh, my uh, Christmas shopping, I guess, I guess, uh, whatever. Uh, but there's only one person still talking about the Kate Smith controversy, and that's Sam Carcitti. I have heard nobody else mention it in a while since it happened, and it's just Sam. It's just Sam out there fighting the good fight. He just wants to drum this up still and pretend like there's people just going out in droves, not going to games because of this controversy. <laughs> and it's like, I don't think most people care. I think it's, you know, yeah, yeah cost My, of tickets is definitely yeah. a factor. Although I have to say, I tried to go to the Black Friday game and uh, friggin' standing room tickets were sold out by 9 a.m. So Holy crap, yeah. I don't think people don't want to go to games. I think it's just... 
it's a Tuesday night. I, yeah, and yeah, that's where it is expensive. It's expensive to get down there and then you have to buy concessions. Concessions are absurd. Yeah, I'm not going to really like drum up a controversy over people not going to a Tuesday night game, even though it's a good matchup with the Maple Leafs. Yeah, uh, that's pretty much my guess would be the cost of tickets. Teams still, or fans, and deservedly so, still aren't sold on this team actually being good and that it's different from the last couple of years of really painful torture. Fans aren't sold on it, but, but I have a, a quick hot take on this one. Ooh. I do kind of feel like there's more people going online and saying, like, why does nobody believe in this team? Why, you know, come on, believe in this team. Then people actually going, I don't believe in this team. Okay, no, that's fair, too. Yeah, that really is. And, I mean, I'm, I feel I'm like one of those people. people going yeah. like, when are people going to believe in this team? And I'm like, I don't know who's really right saying they don't. Like, I do feel hesitant to jump fully in yeah. and say, this is a great hockey team. But, like... I don't really know personally that many people going like they still suck. Yeah. And also like, th- I think that only would really turn away like casual fans. I still don't think that would my, I, my guess honestly is just, it was, it was Tuesday. It was cold as hell. Thanksgiving just happened last week. People probably used a bunch of off days, you know, during that last weekend. And this Tuesday may have been their first day back to work. You don't really want to, go back to work and then have a Flyers game same day, I guess. I don't know. Long fucking day. I have no theory. It's a long day. And then also maybe it's not part of the, it's not part of a ticket package, like a 10 game plan or anything. Your rowdy friends, your rowdy friends can only get so rowdy on a Tuesday. Come on, want to get ready. Yeah. So that's a, <laughs> Oh, my rowdy friends want to have maybe one beer on Tuesday night. <laughs> one, one kind of big beer. And then if you got a draft, one home, $12 dollar Labatt's. Yeah, you were you were nuts on that song earlier when we were uh, waiting for technology to stop being a dick, and now it's, now it's stuck in my head. Yeah. <laughs> All right, around the league. Yeah, uh, I just want to sing the "Taking It to the Beat" song. And we can go around the league. Taking it to the Taking beat. It to the. All right, uh, around the league. Bill Peters resigned, oh. and Jeff Ward was named the interim coach of the Calgary Flames. Uh, Chicago assistant coach Mike Crawford will be away from the team as it investigates its accusations from Sean Avery and other players. Uh, McDavid, McKinnon, and Patrick Kane were named the NHL three stars for the month of November. McDavid had 13 goals and 26 points in 14 games. McKinnon had. Hey, Craig, I just want to go back to the Mark Crawford uh, thing there. I don't. I think I missed this news. What is the the controversy with Mark Crawford? Oh, he. They're looking into. Uh, I think Sean Avery said he kicked Crawford, kicked him on the bench when they were with the Kings, and then a couple other players came forward. I think Patrick O'Sullivan and a couple other people, um, and then like uh, Anze Kopitar and Dustin Brown just refused to comment on if Crawford, you know, did any of this kind of stuff. So I think it's it's all it all it's all going back to um, the stuff that came out about Peters and. Uh, now, more, now more people are feeling confident coming forward. A couple bunch mm-hmm. of people came forward for Crawford, and uh, it sounds like, um, you know, it sounds like Crawford was kind of a, a piece of shit to his players in the past. Which, not knowing any of the stuff that was unearthed this week, but uh, it's just the whole Mark Crawford type Produzzi situation. Uh, you know, Mark Crawford does seem like one of those guys who might have some skeletons in his closet so uh yeah okay yeah. you know we weren't gonna we talked about the bill peter stuff last week and not we're talking about it more this week but uh we've yeah we'll, 
I, I think we, we had a good proper discussion on yeah, that. Yeah, so week. and if yeah. and more and when more stuff comes to the service, we'll bring it to life. But there's just a lot of there's just a lot of stuff to talk about this week too. And also Yeah, yeah. I just I hadn't heard about Crawford, yeah. so thank you for the uh the information. Yeah. Also programming out this is uh yeah, it's getting pretty late, so <laughs> we'll save this stuff for another week, but um uh, both Jesse Pugliarvi and Julius Hanko missed the December 1st deadline for RFAs to sign and play during the 2019-2020 season. So both those players won't be able to play until next season, and they'll probably be on different teams. Um, like I said earlier, Stefan Nosen signed a one-year deal with Pittsburgh uh, for 700 k Chandler Stevenson traded to the Golden Knights for a 2021 fifth-round pick. Uh, to which he said, could I be more in Vegas? And then um, and then Arizona also traded goalie Eric Comrie to Detroit for D-man Vili Sarajarvi, which is a, it's a great name to say, and I love. Uh, Jared Spurgeon out two weeks with a broken hand. What a job. What a job. <laughs> Brian Dumoulin is out at least eight weeks after ankle surgery. Zach Wierenski is out four weeks with a shoulder injury. Cody Eakin is week to week with a classic case of UBI. Victor Mete is out at least two weeks after he suffered, suffered an ankle injury against the Flyers on Saturday. And Dmitry Kulikov is out into the All-Star break with a classic case of a UBI. Uh, Ryan, John, Ryan Johansson was fined $5,000 for his elbow on Braden Point last night, as well as Evander Kane being fined $5,000 for a uh, elbow to the face of Radko Gudis, which I saw and uh, looked pretty dirty. Uh, wouldn't have called it an elbow. Would have called it a butt end or, you know, spearing, I guess. I don't know. But right to his face, didn't look great. <laughs> well, and, and speaking of that, did you see the the clip where Joe Thornton said about? Yeah, so there was Tom like a Wilson, Joe Thornton, yeah. Tom Wilson thing where <laughs> Thornton said about Evander Kane, he put you to sleep, and Tom Wilson said, "At least I got a ring, though." <laughs> what? What a response! I mean, that's what a response. <laughs> oh, it's like that is that is top notch trolling right there, <laughs> and especially to Jumbo Joe, who's yeah. you know, played in the NHL for. I don't know, approximately 80 years. I think he founded the NHL. And <laughs> Which is surprising. To not have yeah. a ring through all that is just, you know, it's true. You thought he would have slipped in a couple of rules to help him along the way, but he was like, nope, I'm going to win this fair and square. And here we are. He's 95, getting yelled at by Tom Wilson without a cup ring. So that's uh, it's a rough life path he's had. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe this is the world we live in. <laughs> yeah, but I did see that and all the... Uh... Yeah, all that shit with uh, Kane and Gudis. I mean, Gudis got that, that was a pretty cheap shot. Gudis was going for a regular hit, and Kane just kind of turned towards him and uh, popped him right in the face with the butt end of the stick. So, I thought maybe he could have gotten a little bit more than that, but it yeah. is what it is. Gudis, by the way, having a halfway decent season in uh, Washington, but yeah, yeah, it's good that we have a portion of his cap hit. <laughs> yeah, but I would say. I think I'm still feeling Niskanen. I'm, still I'm happy liking with the that deal. deal. I, yeah. I think. I mean, I know Niski's been great. Yeah. Niski business. There was a lot of pushback on the uh, the cap hit with Gudas, like you just mentioned from from us. But uh, I think, I mean, I'll take that for the uh, number of defensive plays he makes a night. I mean, actually having defense. I'd still that, prefer to not have the cap hit, but you know, what that? It just was like a. I just feel like the cap hit was such a, a weird thing in that deal, considering yeah. how much of a cap difference Niskanen versus Gudas was anyway. Because I think it's. Uh, like a two mil cap hit yeah. uh, difference to start with. And then the flyers kept what, like a, a mil or something yeah. like that. From it was, like, it was pretty much why? just to get a, uh, it was to help Washington out. It was pretty much the only reason why that sweeten that pot. Yeah. Which again, I mean, what, I mean, so far it's been fine. I am in, I would be interested to see how pro roughness can do it a playoff series. Cause I feel, I want to see them going up against a top, a top line over and over again once you figure out the ins and outs of that opposing line because I feel like they can be they might even be scarier than they are right now 
But uh, that that is all down the road for when the Flyers win home ice advantage throughout the entire postseason. So a couple weeks until then, a couple months until then. But we'll, uh, we'll cross the bridge when we get there. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. So that's been your Around the League. That's been Fly Parabole. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, if you have any feedback for us, the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca. You can reach Craig at sports are bad what are you working on for broad street hockey right now i wanted to get a pk article out today about how the penalty kill actually looks pretty good uh i will have that out uh when you're listening the day you're listening so i will have it out by thursday and then i have a couple other ideas for next week but i need to make sure that nobody else is writing them at the moment so but look for the penalty kill article today and uh that's uh that's it that's what i got yeah that's what i got uh, that's it okay well <laughs> you can reach craig at sports are bad you can reach me at fly Purbly or at essay bomb but make it fly Purbly. and uh a quick uh plug for the flyers forecast where you can hear such great content as us comparing uh carter hart to the baby yoda from the mandalorian mm-hmm. but you know and then the flyers taking that and making a photoshop out of it the next day no 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 they didn't steal another idea or or did they yeah who knows yeah i wonder i wonder at what point uh them stealing ideas from us becomes an idea that they steal from us <laughs> sorry i got i had to get one more in there because yet again okay here it, yet again the flyers steal an idea from Stephen craig all right and that's done it's done no i i I mean i don't know again the timing's funny that's all but i I, this one i'm far less suspicious about than say like oh i don't know the rage room spectrum room chucky trades come on chucky trades come on give me a break just use whoop there it is as the goal song come on that's all i want that's all i want that's the idea to steal you're not stealing the right ones they even put out uh they even put out another clip of Hayes doing it the Couturier in the in the, the hallway. Yeah. So they gave, and look, uh, sign guy's sitting there. Sign guy oh, knows boots. There it is. It's in his plethora you know of signs. We get sign guy. If we need, okay, now we actually have to be nice to sign guy because then he would be the one that just writes "Whoop, there it is," and he would just hold well, up. He wrote, he wrote "Coots, there it is." So oh, there. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you're right. That was a good point. Here's my compromise. Here's my compromise. Just play it when Couturier scores. Okay. That's fine. Cool. Just do that. Yeah, that's I, I, <laughs> yeah, they should do I, that, actually. I have a whole essay stating why you should do this, all right? Just just do it. Just do it. Do it. Do it. Don't be anyway, can hurt me right now. Fly verbally. Esteban sports are bad. Uh, follow BSH Radio, Broad Street Hockey. Be sure to listen to the Flyers forecast. BSH Brief. Broad Street. <laughs> BSH Radio. I'm trying to remember all of the shows we have. Checking out the competition and post games. All that great stuff. Thanks so much for listening. I need to get to bed before it's 2020. So until next time, good night and good hockey. Hello, everybody. This is Fly Purbly. It is a podcast about hockey mostly the flyers but also other hockey things like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey steve but not steve hartnell and craig but not craig ruby no this isn't all those hockey guys these 
are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah!